21st century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it, screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess every superhero need his theme music Go on, man, you have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the What's going on, everybody? This is the P2M Beat, and I am your host, Austin Krell. The Sixers, with a day of rest off of a embarrassing performance and loss against the San Antonio Spurs, who, quite frankly, are very mediocre compared to Spurs teams of past, and they just simply got outperformed, outshot, and outplayed. I thought the effort was was severely lacking the other night, and they wanted people wanted to call it fatigue. I was just very disappointed by the way that they played. And so, with with that, um, they were home to play the lowly Knicks. A good chance to get back on track before playing Toronto in Philadelphia, and then playing the Celtics on Christmas. So you got the Raptors on Saturday, I think. It's Saturday, yes. And then you have the Celtics on Christmas Day. So Knicks 9-23, and 5-13 away from the Madison Square Garden, Taking on the Sixers in Philly, where they are fourteen and three on the season, and the Sixers handled business tonight. They did. It was a and there's not a lot of defense played in the first quarter. Thirty-eight, thirty-three Sixers advantage. They were up only ten, or no, sorry, eight at halftime, sixty-nine to sixty-one, and then they really blew the game open in the second half. Um, They led by as many as 26, albeit in garbage time in the fourth quarter. It was just a matter of whose fifth string could could score more than the other. But, you know, it is a fact. It is a stat. They led by as many as 26 points in the game. And they came back and they took care of business at home, as they should, in front of a packed house. So, what happened tonight? Wilson Chandler played 30 minutes. Embiid played 26 minutes. Simmons, 31 minutes. Redick, 26 minutes. And Jimmy Buckets, 31 minutes. Um, Chandler had 6 points and 8 rebounds in those 30 minutes. He did have 5 fouls, but no turnovers. So, all in all, just about the most average night that you could have, obviously, probably a, a bit underwhelming for a starter, but he really isn't an actual starter. He shouldn't be a starter, just that they don't have anyone adequate at power forward to play other than Mike Muscala, and that would just completely ruin their, their bench depth. I said this a million times, so I'm not going to you know keep going on about it. But Embiid, 24 points, 10 rebounds, took 17 shots, had, only took four free throws. So I'm not sure whether that's a lack of aggression or a lack of foul calls. I did think that the refs 
did not call a good game tonight. But then again, what else is new? Refs historically do not call good games ever. At least, in, at least from what I've seen in recent history, the refs are always off with their calls, and it's pretty, pretty, pretty blatant, I would say. But one area that Embiid continues to have some issue is the turnovers. Uh, he had four tonight, and one thing that I noticed was that it's really incredible that he has such explosive and such great footwork when he's decisively going to score the ball. He 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 knows what he knows what move he's going to make. He knows exactly where to get to on the floor. He knows where he wants to be, and he is able to explode past whoever's defending him to get there. And his footwork is impeccable when he's making moves to score. You get him out with his back to the basket in, in the post, and then the double team comes, and he completely loses it. And I think a, a little bit of his, a little bit of it is the footwork under duress is, throws him off a little bit, and then he doesn't want to travel, so he makes an off-balance bad pass just to avoid the travel and ends up just turning it over that way. Or he makes, or he, you know, he, he gets panicked and he throws the ball away. All he has to do is pivot himself into a position where he can face up to the basket so that way he can see a double coming. There's no one coming from behind him because when he gets the ball in the post up, typically on the strong side, they clear out so that way he, he can have his space. And so double, the double is going to come only um, from the weak side where he can see it coming if he were to face up. And so... And so he could take two dribbles backwards, fake a pass, and then find and then you know find his teammate for an open jumper, and then catapult that that bat that that ball to them, and they get a wide open look. So I think you got to do a better job of receiving the double, handling it, and reacting to it, and making the right decision. There's no reason to panic. You just take two dribbles backward, create some space for yourself, and then. Whosoever man is coming to W, they're either cutting to the basket or they're going to be wide open for a three-pointer. That's it. He do, he shows signs of doing, being able to do it more consistently, but he's not consistently acting on it the right way. So that gave him fits a little bit tonight, and that's how the Knicks were able to stay in the game for as long as they were. Uh, he had four turnovers and four fouls. Simmons was was very good again tonight. Uh, it was weird because he hasn't really been the triple-double machine that he was last year. And and yet uh, yet he had another one tonight. He obviously had the one on Sunday, but he had one tonight. 13 points on a 5 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 made 3 throws. 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 turnovers though. So, you know, not a, not a bad night. I, I would like to see the scoring up for him. Dramatically, I like to see him get to that 16 points area, and he can do it really easily. I mean, honestly, it wouldn't be that hard for him at all. Um, but I think he's trying to pick his spots and defer to the likes of Butler and the likes of his shooters, Shamit, JJ, obviously Joel. There's a lot of mouths to feed on this team, and so I think he's a natural passer, and I think that's why he's doing it. Um, but on the last triple double tonight and a win, so you can't bash it. Um, and it's a, it's another great game for your point guard. There's not much to say about it.
Redick, 26 minutes, um, 14 points on 13 shots. One of four from three, although he did score his 10,000th point tonight, so that was pretty noteworthy. I saw a stat. It was like 4,700 player people have played in the NBA ever, and something like uh, 12% have reached a 10,000-point mark, so it's a very impressive feat for J.J., Jimmy was great tonight, 20 points in 31 minutes on nine shots, eight of 10 from the free throw line. I thought that he picked his his spots and at very very well, and he wasn't trying to be aggressive, wasn't trying to dominate the scoring. He wasn't taking ill-advised shots. He was simply just letting the game come natural, and he was finding the looks for himself. He he converted a couple of tough layups, got a wide open dunk early in the early in the game, made a couple of jumpers. But they didn't really need him much in the second half, and so he's able to sit, sit out a lot of it. The bench was actually the best it's been all year long. Everyone scored off the bench. It was really a beautiful sight to see. Leading minutes off the bench go to Mike Muscala, who had 26. Amir, uh, not Amir, uh, Landry Shamit, who had 22. TJ McConnell, who had 20. And Fakan Korkmaz, who had 17. Amir Johnson played four, Demetrius Jackson played four, and Shake Milton played four in garbage time, obviously. So Mescala, I thought he did a, uh, a pretty good job as a backup stretch four. He had 9.7 rebounds on three made threes. I would like to see him consistently make those, those um, you know, the, the open catch and shoot opportunities in transition. You gotta convert on the open ones when you get them. JJ is not doing that right now, and it's it's you know I don't want to say it's fucking them up, but it's fucking them up because they're not converting. JJ is not, con- not converting the open looks, and as a sniper, that really gets in your head. That really is annoying. I I you know I know that, and so you would like I would like to see Mike step into it and get a little more on the shot and just. Knock it down with confidence, that's all. And that's how he can really help this team, is if he makes it hell for people to have to choose who to cover. Because you're either going to cover the guy who's going to dunk the ball and, and, and get two points at the rim, or you're going to go to close him out, and then you get Mescal get the ball for a wide open look at a three. Um, so it's really just pick your poison. And I think the sooner that he can consistently knock down that open look, the, can, the, the sooner that it's going to be more of a threat in transition. You're seeing Reddick struggle now a little bit with this year at the shooting, really a lot of it, for being honest, with the shooting, and it does hurt them a little bit. I mean, he has the reputation of being a of, of being a phenomenal shooter, but the fact that he's not the stone cold assassin that he was last year, it does hurt them a little bit because players can, you know, they players now kind of think that they can afford to sag off a little bit, and it makes. The lives of Embiid and Simmons that much work that much more difficult. Um, Landry Shamit was great again tonight. Career high seventeen points, uh, four made threes off the bench, and it seems like he's always making a big first half shot to help him go on a run. I feel like more times than not, I'm seeing him make shots in the second quarter to put them up fourteen when they're up eleven, and he's just he's just executing and he's making shots. And like I said last like I said last last episode, part of execution 
is making the open looks. And Evan McClendon does a really good, really good job of that. And tonight he made four of them. He made four of them to, to sort of spell the knockout blow for the for for the Knicks tonight, or against the Knicks tonight. TJ was outstanding. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by the point that he needs to play. You know, they, they need to get to a position where they are so deep that he's only playing 10 minutes a game. Because even though that is a role for him on this team, and I believe that it should not be 20 plus minutes a night. Because he just he, he nothing he does is that outstanding, skill wise, and you can get anybody to pick up full court if you get them to buy into it. Um, but he was picking up full court literally the entire game. I mean, the entire game nonstop, pick up from the inbound on, and he um, was able to create, I think, two turnovers. He he's got he had two steals in the night. Seven points, no no uh, no turnovers for him. Six of ten shoot, uh, not six of ten. Three of six shooting. I made three seven points. So a a a a very good night for TJ. You know, you'll take you'll take those nights when they come. Kirk Corkmots was actually really efficient tonight. Refreshingly so. Nine points on three of four shooting. Two of three made threes. Uh, he had three rebounds, no turnovers, but two to two fouls in his 17 minutes. Body's not NBA ready yet. He doesn't know how to defend. He's gonna he commits a lot of fouls that are just stupid, like not, not like not like bad decision fouls, but just like like you're not doing enough to just like like, like all you're doing is just fouling the guy with with, with very softly, and it it doesn't it doesn't help. At least if you're gonna foul him, bring him down. But I'm not sure he's an NBA player for a winning team, and maybe part of that is the defense. Maybe part of it is just getting in the gym again this summer and working on that body because he really is very slow, and he's not strong enough to muscle anybody and not foul. So there's that. So that, so that's that, that's the big contributor off the bench. Obviously, uh, other guys played. Shake Milton had five points in four minutes. I made three. I, I do think that he – is worthy of some more minutes. Although his body's not NBA ready, and although his game, and he's just sort of just sort of like a, a young puppy out there. Even though that is the case, I, I the bench is so thin that I can't imagine them, there being any worse of an option out there. So you might as well just give it a try. Um, Demetrius Jackson, he had a nice layup, and that was about all he did. He had a rebound and assist. I don't think he's an NBA player. I don't know why they have him on the two-way deal, because realistically, I mean, he's he's been on what three teams in two years, and he's a mid-second round pick, low risk, low return kind of player. And I mean, I, I don't think you're gonna get any more out of him. He he played multiple years at college. He's not gonna get much better. I I don't know why you, they have him, but it, it doesn't hurt the team. It doesn't help the team. So whatever. I'm sure they I'm sure they'll cut him once. They get another player on the another couple of players that they're targeting to fill out the roster come come later in the year. Amira actually was not terrible in his four minutes, five points, one assist, two fouls, no rebounds. That is not good, but like it's better than what he usually gives you. So you know you'll you'll, you'll take it. I, I don't want him back in the rotation, obviously, but. I think he's ready to play when they call on him. 
and he's ready to play when someone's in foul trouble or they need a backup big, or if Joel's out for a game, they ha- they ha- they have him there to be the backup to Mescala or vice versa. And so all in all, really good, uh, you know, not a really good win, but any win's a good win. The fact is that they needed this because they have a really tough road ahead. They have Toronto, as I said, they have Boston, as I said, but then the day after Boston, they have the Jet, and not the, the Thursday after they go to Boston for Christmas, they have the Jazz in Utah. So three tough games in a row, two of which are on the road, and you got to capitalize on the home games. And that's what they did tonight. And most importantly, Embiid got some rest. He only played 26 minutes. Uh, Jimmy got a fair amount of rest. He only played 31 minutes, and they they were able to they were able to execute and close the book. And that's all I ask of of them, especially with this bench. Bench had a season high in points. Um, really, just a phenomenal um, performance from them. I think they had 54 points on the night, which has got to be a high for them on the year. Really, I mean, I I have I don't think I've ever seen them get that many points in a game this season. So that's really um, a refresher for them. We'll, we'll call it. Obviously, it's not going to be most nights because the Knicks are just a terrible defensive team. But you'll, you'll you'll take all the help you can get from that from that bench. So where is this game one? Well, looking at the stats, the Knicks actually did not play. Did not the Sixers didn't actually did not blow this, the Knicks out in any of the usual big stats. They did not turn the ball over more times. They did not. Um, they 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 didn't miss that many shots. The simple fact of the matter is this: the Sixers had, I believe, sixteen more rebounds than than, than the than the Knicks did. They had 12, 11 more defensive rebounds, and <clears throat> and uh, five more offensive rebounds than the Knicks did. And so what that says to me, and then you look at the, the shot differential, Knicks made 10 fewer shots, they made five fewer threes. So for, in my eyes, that stretch comes in the third quarter and the fourth quarter when the, when the Sixers really blew the Knicks out. The Knicks were missing shots. Sixers were get, were limiting down to one look, coming back and executing, knocking down their own shots on offense, getting fouled, you know, executing and just getting baskets. And they were and they were playing like an elite team plays. And by limiting limiting them to one shot and then coming down and knocking down shots, then they were out. They outshot the Knicks, and they outshot the Knicks because they only held them to one attempt on 10 possessions more than they held the Sixers to. Those 10 extra possessions, or those 10 fewer possessions, those 10 fewer extra possessions for the Knicks ultimately resulted in the Sixers out shooting them by 10 made shots. Those five threes lead to 15 points. The Knicks um, shot three more free throws, so that brings it down to 12 points. But the Sixers did make five more two-pointers. That means that that's 
10 points, 12 plus 10 is 22, and that's the difference in this ballgame. So tonight, the defensive rebounds effort and the tremendous defense by the Sixers in the second half to, 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 to keep the Knicks off the glass, to keep um, to keep Ennis Canner off the glass. He only had six rebounds tonight. The leading rebounder for the Knicks had 10. And no one else had more than six. Two players had six. No one else had more than that. And so with that, the Sixers were able to take care of business. They, they remained disciplined on the box outs. They remained uh, disciplined on securing the, offensive, securing the defensive rebound, not giving second-chance points away, and then coming down and making their own shots and taking care of business for themselves. It also helps that the Knicks are just an atrocious, atrocious, atrocious defensive team. I mean, they are god-awful. One play that sticks out to me that the Knicks' defense sort of summed the game up came late in the second quarter. Tim Hardaway Jr., who is their leading scorer on this season, is also one of their well-regarded veterans. He face-guarded J.J. with his, with, with, with his front side facing the baseline and his back to the ball. And he face-guarded him heavily so that he could only see what J.J. was doing. He had no idea where anyone else was in the court. This effectively allowed J.J. to cut front, front cut him and bend a thread the needle with a pass to get J.J. an open look for a layup. Now, I have no idea how your technique is that terrible on defense. How, I mean, as a vet, you're going to guard a shooter in the corner with your face to the baseline, so that way he can't. It's that, that, I mean, that you're effectively trying to say like, I'm focused on you so much, but yet he front cuts you, and you leave him this entire. He, I mean, he he didn't close him up or anything. He gave him an entire lane to the basket. You just guarded him. He literally just sat on his, on on his right side as if he was forming a right angle. And he had no idea where anyone else was. All JJ had to do was beat him off the step to get to, to get to that to get to the basket. He did that, and Simmons got the pass to him, and Hardaway actually fouled him. They didn't call it, but it, I thought that was like a perfect summary of the Knicks defense. Because I don't know how. I mean, as a, I mean, as a kid, as a kid, I'm 22. I know at the right technique would have been if you're going to do that, turn your back around so that way your front so that way your back's facing the baseline, and then drop down to JJ's left side. So that way you're literally standing on the baseline. So that way, no matter what happens, you can't get front cut and you can see the ball because you never turn your back to the ball. So the fact that they have a veteran doing that has been in this league long enough is an indication to me that they don't have anyone on that roster who really understands how to play good defense. And... You know, prayers to David Fisdale for figuring that out because that 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 was like a very, to me that was a very fundamental mistake that stuck out blatantly in my eyes. Despite the Knicks' bad defense, uh, you know it doesn't matter. A win's a win, and that's what the Sixers did tonight. They win it, one thirty-one to one oh nine. And what you should do with that win is you should celebrate with a beer. So do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? To go check out my boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It's also good for tab pulling, vent punching, and off that's on a keychain. For more information, 
Check me out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra spelled with a K. For 10% discount on all Cobra products, enter the code Trust the Cobra 10, all in all caps, all in word. Pick up yours today. The fee to Embiid and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws. Reproduction and redistribution of the fee to Embiid without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the fee to Embiid 2018. Sixers beat the Knicks tonight, 131 to 109. They moved to 21 and 12 on the year. A league best, 15 and 3 at home. They will play the Toronto Raptors on Saturday evening in Philadelphia for their third matchup of the year. 7:30 tip-off televised on NBA TV. The Raptors won tonight, so they are 23 and 9, I think. And it'll be a big test. Can the Sixers? actually keep up with an opponent who's, you know, amongst the elite in the league, can they, can they do that on their home floor? We know, you know, they can't really do it on their way, on their, on, on their way from the Wells Fargo Center, but how, but can, can the Sixers rise to the occasion on their home court and get, and get a win over the East's best team? We will see, and we will see you for post-game coverage following that contest. Sixers win it tonight, 131-109, and thank you once again for tuning in.